0: So I am glad to introduce y'all to Mrs. Candice Blacknall, who is the founder of GABWIS. So Candice, you're now on the stream and I'm going to let you go ahead and take it away and give the people a little intro about yourself.
1: Yeah. So, hey, everyone. Oh, I'm echoing.
0: Okay. Yep. Yep. That sucks. All right. That sucks. Okay.
1: Wait, wait. Yes, that's so much better. I can't hear myself. You know how unnerving it is to hear your own voice talking to you. It's very weird. I don't like that to happen inside my brain. From GABA, it's an ed tech company. Um, um, we're building a platform that uses machine learning to match medical trainees to different study tools and to support services. That's what we Platform built around like a human. Doctor. But um, the medical training experience kind of strips you of your ability to be a human being, so GABA is a platform to help put that in and help create a safe environment around learning.
0: Guys, give me one second, Candace. I think I think the mic thing just happened one more time. Let me see. It's my it's my headphones. I'm sorry. Let me see.
1: Until you're fine.
0: Okay. How's how's that sounding? In one sec, you might be able to hear a difference.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. And hopefully now it should be gone.
1: Okay. It I don't hear myself now. Okay. So we're we should be good. But I'm not moving. Am I moving for you? Um,
0: let me see. I see you. Yeah, we have a, a little okay. bit of, yeah. Yeah, we have a little bit of a lag, but yeah, I see you. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So So (laughs) Candice, so you started a a med tech company, right? And I know that's just like, I know it's just a small, a small part of your extensive, extensive background. So can you give us a little bit more about like your background prior to entrepreneurship and then kind of just how Gabba you started in the beginning?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh my gosh, you're so right. So I started my career in military medicine. I was in the army for nine years as a medic. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take it to the next level. I'm gonna go to medical school. So I went to medical school. Um, oh, can I curse on your show? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I <laughs> um, I got, I got my, I got my, I got my ass handed. <laughs> and the story short. um, and basically had to figure out this crazy uh, process of being a medical student. And mm-hmm. so, um, kind of like, I feel like. I feel like there is no before entrepreneurship i feel like if you're from where i'm from you're always innovating so i'm from flint michigan there's like nothing there so if you survive flint you can survive anywhere like new york but smaller yeah um so yeah (laughs) so uh yeah so i feel like so so after going through that experience as a medical student um i i really took a moment between my first and my second year of medicine to sit back and think about Um, you know, what was going to help me be successful? What was going to take me to the next level come second year? And I spent that whole summer doing some self-reflection, getting back in touch with like my personal values and why I even started this journey. And then like learning how to learn. And I went from like almost failing my first year of medical school, like, like within 0.3 points of failing, like that close to failing my first year, being a 4.0 student my second year taking my licensing exam crushing it scoring better than 80 percent of the nation I mean like a totally different student yeah um and I was like you know what this I shouldn't have had to do all this on my own I should have had someone to lean in with me and really be intentional about helping me do develop the skills that I needed in order to be successful Mm -hmm. um so that's why we created GABA and 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 so GABA is like my way of like it to the system like yeah. you're not doing a great job with these students if i can do i could do better
0: yeah So yeah. okay so were you working on gabba while you were in medical school because that, that sounds like it was a there would have been a lot like were you doing both at the same time
1: yeah because i'm crazy Ooh. so
0: <laughs> wow yeah tell me about that i know that sounds like it was just so much nice.
1: <laughs> yeah so i'm actually a dual degree student if it's not like it's like i i just couldn't get enough torture so i actually <laughs> started i started at with my co-founder while doing our MBA. So we're both MD-MBAs. And um, so I did, I, Gabba really started with like an idea around January of this year. Um, and then went through the MBA at Georgia Tech, finished it in May. And so now I'm a fourth year MD student back at Morehouse. And so I'm finishing up my medical degree, but still working on Gabba full time. So yeah, I'm like, I don't sleep a lot. but
0: yeah, Yeah, I was gonna say that that, from a time management perspective, I just can't even imagine, right? Because I mean, yeah, wow. like Man. I mean medical medical school in itself just sounds intimidating from the academic side. just just saying. And then entrepreneurship is very intimidating with so many unknowns and so many things that yeah. a lot of people have to just try and figure out, and you're you're constantly just dealing with the business side and and customers and getting feedback and research. It's like, yeah, so you're doing both of those things full time, nonstop. yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. much some sort of research
1: no 100% like it's not easy and that's why I tell founders like if you're thinking about starting a business make sure it's something that you're passionate about like honestly it's got to be something that just burns you up either because you you know you're really excited about your customer segment or like the problem is really frustrating to you you have to have some kind of relationship with what you're going through and you're going to build in my case it's like personal like I if the system had better supported me I would have had a different well I maybe wouldn't have had such a hard time my first year. I mean, naturally, I created my own solution going to the second year, but I shouldn't have had to. So kind of, for me, it's personal. And so it's not hard to find the time or to make time to for GABA because it's like, this is my bread and butter. Like I tell people all the time, it doesn't feel like work because I'm getting up to do things, something that I'm, I'm inspired by every day. I love hearing from our customers. I love hearing from students. I like telling the GABA story. And so, yeah, if you got to do something, make sure you care about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. And I think that kind of spills over into the first question I was going to ask you. Um, So when it came to how you kind of discovered the problem with GABA, you just went through it. That first year of medical school, you were just already yeah. experiencing the problem. So you weren't necessarily you didn't set out like, hey, I want to start a medical company and like I'm going to figure out a problem. Okay. So, like, OK, so you OK, got you, got you. So this was just something no. that from being from being a medical student, you started going through this the first year. And you were like, you know what? The second year you're like, you had to do something about it.
1: Well uh all right. <laughs> it wasn't that like straightforward.
0: Right. Okay. Um
1: I so okay, so first year happened. Second year I came back, I was like, you know, rumbling, I, I was successful, and I ended up creating a program where I, I basically did what GABA does, but like one on one. So I would like meet with students, I would coach them through the process, we would do learning assessments, I would match them to different study tools manually based on like my research of what was out there. Um, the problem was it was it was growing too fast so i did that for like maybe three years or so um but i started getting referrals from like students who were like living in india hey my fr- my my cousin's cousin cousin goes to your school and went through your program and loved it and they told me to reach out to you and so i'm i realized like this isn't just a u.s problem this is a a global problem
0: so real quick not to cut you up, but like about that program like how can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, so how did you set the program yeah. up? Like, how are people getting in touch yeah. with you? How are you matching them with the yeah. kind of
1: resources? Yeah. Yeah. So Morehouse has a tutoring program. You can be a peer tutor. That You know, every peer tutor is a little different. I feel like you, it's kind of an art how you tutor. But I basically just emailed my class and was like, hey, I'm one of the tutors that's been selected. Um, here are the subjects that I, I want to, I can take you through. And I started off doing like bare bones tutoring, sitting there doing, you know, questions with folks. And I realized like, this is not really having the impact that I would, I, I would want to see. Um, it, it felt like students weren't feeling, they, the piece that was missing was that self-empowerment piece. Like they got to a place where they were relying on me every week or every time an exam came up. And I guess maybe that would make some people feel good. But for me, it was like, No, there's got to be a better way to build more self-efficacy in this process. So that's when I started thinking, like, how can I train students to understand themselves and understand their learning enough to do this on their own? Like, there's nothing that I'm not building, rebuilding the wheel here. This is not rocket science. This is really just like understanding you as an individual and then taking that understanding and tailoring your approach to the curriculum based on what you know works for you. Um, so I started kind of modifying that. And so started building a lot of like personalized coaching. I mean, there were times I would sit on the call and students would cry. If that's what you needed to do, that's what you needed to do. I mean, and it, it got to be, I realized that it wasn't enough for me to just be like, okay, here are the questions. Let's work through the practice questions. There's something more human behind this problem, which is like, you're insecure. You have imposter syndrome. Um, you failed your first exam. You're, you know, you're, you, you're demoralized, and you feel like you're by yourself. You feel like you're going through this all alone. So, I ended up combining like personal coaching and just encouraging people's heart with learning assessments that I found online. And then, like, I would spend hours looking through forums and finding out what resources and study tools folks were using for various exams. We do the study, we do the learning assessment. I match you with study tools, and we just worked it. We worked it combined with the coaching it felt like students believed in themselves and i started noticing that the students i would see consistently every single solitary week started being like okay once every two weeks okay i now i'm done a monthly check-in and i'm like hey are you good and they're like no i'm good i got feel it. great i'm i've got this and i'm like
0: cool got it so that's how you that's how you understood that it was actually helping them be more self-sufficient it was just through.
1: yeah okay yeah fun. yeah yeah
0: that's awesome so then so they kind of lean into the next thing. So like, so, what was your level of technical knowledge like going into starting gabba? Because it sounds like, like, I, did you set this up through like meetups? Like how? Like so, I know you had this thing through. Um, you said through through your school, like a, like a peer yeah. mentor. But yeah, and essentially, were you setting up like video calls, or was that also handled through that? Like, how did you kind of get the ball rolling? Well,
1: i set up video calls so you, just like you can get on calendly and schedule some, some sessions that was what i did um, i have no technical background so i think that's what makes this really cool is because i feel like non-technical founders feel like i can't build a tech company or a tech product because i don't have the technical background and i'm like you don't need that you don't need that what you need is to be able to create the story around your brand and around your product that's so important like you could build the best technology out there and if you don't have a good story people really won't care about it the... um so I'm not the technical person I can build anything at Airtable though I'm a mean Airtable
0: <laughs> you know what I've been using Airtable so much since you recommended it yeah I have I have I've been playing around with it a lot yeah I
1: have to show you some of the stuff I recently built in Airtable okay <laughs> it don't blow you
0: all right per- like, perfect yeah because yeah <laughs> yeah I'm a baby in it but I-, I love it so far though I do love it
1: if- Awesome. I sent this to my CTO. I'm like, hey, look at what I built. He was like, very cool. And I was like, it's, it's, cool.
0: it's, it's cool. sweet. Yeah, yeah
1: it's I felt like- really good. I felt really
0: good. About- <laughs> 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 so I know, I know that from our conversation, it probably sounds like a lot of things went smooth. They were just like, oh yeah, I was just in medical school starting out <laughs> and I just recognized this problem. I started solving it. But like, what were some of the, the challenges you faced early on when you first got started with
1: Oh my gosh, I'll tell you what we're going through right now. Like, so when you do the lean startup methodology, they tell you do customer discovery, you do an MVP, you validate that or refute that hypothesis. And then you build the next version of the product, which is usually the one that's like just good enough to go to market. Um, The challenge was we built that product. We built the, the, the platform for the machine learning to operate in. And we started marketing around that product. And it was like, everyone that had been on the prototype and responded to the MVP, It, it suddenly it was like, we weren't getting the re- the response we, we thought we would get. Like you said, this was a problem. We built the solution. Why are we not seeing the metrics and the conversion to support that? So for me, what I realized, and I talked to my executive team about this, is that there's, there's what people say is the problem. And then there's like the underlying subconscious reality of the problem. And you can't test that with an MVP, right? You can get out there all day and talk to people about their, if you build a, say, a weight loss product, you can get out there and ask people like, what are you doing for fitness and talk about diet? And they'll tell you all these things. But if you build a better gym, they might not come. And it's because it's not the, the the reason they have the fitness problem might not be because they don't like the gym. It might be because they feel insecure about being in the gym. It might be because they feel disempowered by the equipment. So building a better gym is not going to help that person. You got to build a better community around fitness. You have to build equipment that's more user friendly or, you know, uh, you know, whatever. But they're not going to tell you that, you know, like I, I look back on, I think it was Ford, who was like, if he'd asked people what they wanted in terms of transportation, they'd have said faster horses. Like it. They, they didn't know. They didn't know. Nobody would have known. No one that had a BlackBerry would have asked for an Apple product. They just wouldn't have. So what we are doing internally at Gabba is realizing that what we found in our MVP was absolutely valid. But it's not the primary pain. Like it's not that's not the real the pain
0: no i I'm, I'm literally i'm literally going through that right right yeah. now that yeah. same exact thing it doesn't invalidate any of the work that you've already done any of this any of your original hypothesis but there's just something that could be more urgent or something that might for me it's like things have changed since the pandemic so like there's just been a shift to where it's like okay well kids just aren't engaging they're not turning they're not participating like, I, they're not turning on their cameras so like the whole focus has kind of been It's not that any of the stuff before didn't matter, but it's like, okay, now there's always like new things I need to go back and go back in that cycle of customer discovery about this stuff. And yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: So, so it's like you, I, I, it's not linear. You're constantly learning from your customer segment. So what did I do when I was, when I looked at the metrics and I'm going, you know, I'm sending my investor updates and I'm like, shit, I ain't got really nothing, nothing too new. I mean, here we don't. I mean, we're okay, but it wasn't what I predicted. Like our MVP took off. I mean, it took it was crazy. We were getting thirty percent, forty percent month over month growth. And I'm like, What is it? What is going on here? Why aren't people picking up on this? Like I it's kinda frustrating. Like, yo, I built what you said you wanted.
0: Right. (laughs) Exactly. Where are you? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and so like, I did exactly what you said. I went back in the pipeline and I started talking to the users that were on our platform and I started talking to students and then more, I broadened it. I started talking to schools. So at this point, Gab was interviewed over 75 schools at this point. Um, and I wa- talked specifically with folks in student success and student affairs because I wanted to know what is your perception of this problem? Um, and it, it really let me know that beneath all of this, is the fact that students feel so disempowered and feel so isolated in their struggle that they are not looking for a product that does X. They're looking for a product that feels X. They're looking to feel a sense of belonging and community. Um, there are things out there that are platforms out there for students. There are forums. And what we consistently heard over and over again was that there's trolls there's people that abuse one another there's verbal violence they feel overwhelmed by the the platform there are barriers to them participating and i start so we you know because I, I that's qualitative but i i got out there and i started doing some marketing for gaba like some little paid ads um to see how what kind of language makes people really engage with our product what and i we did two exact, two of the same exact ads. One ad I called, I said LinkedIn for medical students, medical training. The other ad I said, medical school is stressful, but it doesn't have to be lonely. The, the, The lonely ad, literally it's called the lonely ad in our marketing strategy. It took off. I mean, it took off. Like people were clicking it. People were engaging it. Our conversion went up. Like we have like like crazy amount of visitors. The day that ad dropped, our conversion to our site went like sky high.
0: Okay, so and that's like, so okay. that's really interesting. So like so it's not, so it's an A-B test, and it, did you just pick like certain social media sites and just say like I'm gonna run one on this one, one on that one, or did you run them both equally on the same? Like how did you like I how did you? Yeah, okay.
1: I picked Reddit. So we only have okay. so much money to burn. Okay. One thing you got is startup, you don't have a lot of money to burn, so I picked yeah, Reddit. Absolutely. I was like, this is a concentrated group of folks. They're probably from all over the place. Very a confident. lot of our early, very active <laughs> people um, are, it, and it's a community. So I was curious, like, how, what maybe made the people that are on Reddit go to Reddit? And are they are they really getting what they want out of that? Now, I learned that a little bit in our MVP, but I don't think I really attended to it the way that I should have. Um, So the ad, the A-B testing definitely showed, like, The product of GABA doesn't necessarily need to be different, but the way we talk about GABA definitely does. Um, And it was, yeah, it was hard because what it required me to do is be a lot more vulnerable by my own medical school experience, which I wasn't really feeling. Like, it, it honestly was about me getting out there and talking to people and sharing my own personal story. That was what resonated. More than me talking about, you know, the machine learning, the databases, you know, the feet none of that matter. It was really about the sense of belonging and community that, that they were they were really hungry for. Like the MVP had one pain, but that wasn't the primary pain. So we actually, Airtable, built a prototype in Airtable <laughs> to- So
0: Airtable, <laughs> we want to make that happen. We all, we all, you. We all ma- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> need to put me on the flyer. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah okay so i think so so boom so i think we kind of so you can tell me if we already kind of touched on this or not so talking about the first mvp and how it was built did we already kind of talk about it because we because it sounds like the mvp was the the sessions that you had one-on-one with the students and like pairing them with the resources yourself but then i guess there's like the mvp of the technical side with the yeah. machine learning and stuff so you want to talk about that a little bit
1: yeah, and you know what's crazy? So GABA is a spinoff of that that one-on-one pro um program. But if like I would say GABA as a as a an entity probably came about in like March. I still didn't connect the two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still didn't consider the one-on-one as an MVP. I had mean and I actually generated revenue doing that. Like I was paid to do that. I didn't consider it. So go to show you how much
0: makes no- sense. No, it makes sense. It happens. No, it happens. <laughs> Yeah. i've done the,
1: I've, i didn't yeah. connect the
0: dots
1: yeah. <laughs> i've told later
0: <laughs> it happened like, it happens like, illuminated
1: like it. It. Mm-hmm. it was like what mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um so the, the first technical version of gabba as a platform was built in with i'm a non-technical founder um i would say if you're a non-technical founder the best gift you can give yourself is um like the gift of google just get out there and search you'll be surprised how many platforms have you know code that is already put together that you could just kind of you know pull together like modules you can pull together to make a platform and for us Wix was like my go-to so yeah the first the first version of Gabba was honestly a Wix site folks could log in with a password it was a community password people probably shared it all over the world um but yeah they would go they would sign up and then they would get an email from me or one of my, or my co-founder, and they would get a code, like a, a community password, log into this very like flat interface and like interact with our database. And yeah, we just, we just watch from there. Really basic, no like fancy analytics. Like Gabon yeah, has stuff on the platform now that's just like ridiculous from an analytics standpoint. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we, we have very basic stuff starting out. Going
0: out, with, starting out oh, with the Wix site. So yeah, I mean, you, it shows yeah. the importance of, I mean, I think just. Like, one of the things I wish I could have done earlier was, like, test something. So, I think the great thing about what you did with those early sessions was, like, you at least tested, like, something in the market. Like, even if it was just, like, that sessions with students um, before you had a website or whatever. um, Did you have a website at that time, too? Or was that just something you were just
1: doing? No. So, that's why. So, when I did the program, I didn't connect it to GAP. Like, I honestly, if you had asked me in January... If the program related to gabla i would have said no i actually didn't connect it into one of my mentors was like right. gabla is an extension of the program oh, you did and i was like
0: oh, oh. hey got you got you got you. see how
1: you think that's interesting that's <laughs> yeah interesting. Right. i yeah <laughs> um
0: okay so i think this next one we kind of touched on because it was gonna i was gonna say like the early the early pilot testers early adopters so I don't know if you would count your early sessions like that or if you want to talk about early adopters on that website like when, once you got the wix site up like how did you get the early pilot testers or people to kind of come on to that
1: yeah so i would say so what we did was we um i was already big on reddit so i we went back to reddit we started having conversations with folks very organically about what was challenging it wasn't like we were necessarily creating conversations but if a student was already complaining about something, then it was just kind of natural for us to be like, oh, well, there's this thing out here, you know? check it out. And so we actually got, I think 200 users just from doing that, just from having conversations, spent no money at all. Um, actually, no, we trialed a Facebook ad and it, it flopped. Well, what we realized was that our, our customers, they prefer the human touch, they really do. They prefer to feel like they know the person behind the brand it's really important to them from a trust standpoint and so um yeah so our first outreach was really on social media and honestly we have a really big social media marketing push right now so as much as you can don't spend money on ads unless you're doing a b testing on like brand wording or something like
0: yeah that. i think that's really good feedback because it, it's so easy to go ad crazy and just dump a bunch of money into something and think that that's going to have yeah. a high return but if you haven't done the proper research on the ads and make sure that it's going to work you're right yeah, yeah i think that's really yeah that's really great feedback
1: yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah
0: so i know we kind of touched on it you were saying that like even right now there might be some things that you might be realizing and things might be shifting a bit based on the feedback so like has there been yeah. would you say a pivot based on feedback you've gotten in the past at all or have you made any changes, or would you say it's pretty much still on par with what you thought originally and like you're just realizing new things or just finding out new things right now that you could maybe, you know, solve.
1: Yeah. Um, it's not a pivot in the sense of like we're changing. So for me, a pivot is like you are totally shifting something like your value proposition or who you who you serve, like your product is different right, right. um, we are definitely changing the way we talk about GABA in a in a in a big way. And then some of the prototypes that I've built so far are around measuring how that changes the way our users engage with it on the platform. It's not really a pivot. It's more like we're in this really cool place we Gamber's only six months old. So we're in a cool place where we can afford to play with a bunch of stuff and see what happens and then kind of trim the fat. So like I think people sometimes think like, Oh, when I'm, when I'm an entrepreneur, I'm going to build the perfect product for my customer and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to sell it and it's going to be great. And it doesn't happen for anybody, honestly, like Instagram. Didn't used to be Instagram. Instagram had this like crazy big platform, but then they started noticing that the users weren't using any of the other features. They were just uploading the pictures and (laughs) looking at the pictures. So they stripped it all back and, and now we have Instagram, um, so I think being an entrepreneur is like a constant process of learning. I would say we're not pivoting, but if it comes down to like pivoting what we do, then we just have to do it, you know? So,
0: of yeah. Of course. Um. And I know you mentioned that like you had, uh, so you had founders and you had like a technical co-founder and everything. So how, how did that kind of come about? Cause like, it's so, it's so important um in the early stages, like who your team is, especially in a startup, like. So yeah, and then and then like I know in my case too, like what I've come across is if you don't have like a ton to offer someone like in in the early early stages, um, other than like a vision or like this you know problem that you're trying to solve and getting them excited about yeah. it, like how do you kind of go about um like finding that early founding team? Yeah, or how did you?
1: Yeah, so that's honestly all you have is your vision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have all your vision, mm-hmm. and I and you you might not think that's a lot. Right, but that's like your primary job. The CEO is to create the vision and the narrative around the company and the brand. I and and that's part of selling. You're not just selling it to your customer; you're selling it to your team. And so, for me, like I didn't have a technical co-founder. Both myself and my co-founder are both MBMBA's. Um, but I use what I knew from like my military background, which is that people don't join you because they have. I, I know I know plenty of people, and there are plenty of people that are probably listening to this who have walked away from jobs that paid better but the one job they chose was because they felt better about it um so people join things and join movement for a lot of different reasons and it's oftentimes emotional and so i think getting to a place where you can articulate bravely where you are what you want to do um uh, is really important but also like go to angels list like that's where i found our TTO. go to I've hired quite a few like apprentices and interns through Flick F-L-I-K, specifically for female founders that may be listening to this. This is where you can go and hire a female apprentice who will work with your company for free for three months. Um, And, you know, I went, the reason I'm saying, you know, of course I looked at S6S, but that you can kind of spam with that. But the reason I'm saying go to those places like Angels List and things like that is because you're, you'll run into other people who have startup experience and they get it. They understand the hustle um you're not about to convert somebody who spent their entire life in corporate america and like loves the corporate journey and the corporate stability to be a startup anything without some kind of pay i just don't believe you can because there's you can't offer them the kind of financial stability that they're accustomed to exactly. you might be able to do some part-time like i do have like our chief experience officer is um at amazon corporate you know our director of accessibility is from honeywell so they may part-time it with you Actually, my CX is kind of full time. I don't know how she does that. But anyway, <laughs> but I don't know how she does that. But anyway, um, she, she's like a beast. But, you know, go to Angel's List, go to these places where founders and entrepreneurs gather because then you'll find other talent who already get it. They are they're already like, all right, so so what's the situation? Where are we going? Uh what can you offer me in, you know, three months, six months, and so on. So I think I was telling you. I have like this internal policy not to offer equity for like the first three months. Like dating. If you don't get past the first ninety days, I really don't know about
0: that. Can can't be all true for me.
1: yeah, can't be called a bit to keep it in ninety days.
0: No, that, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense.
1: You're paying someone an hourly rate for that period of time, you know, and then you could talk to them on the front end like this is what the hourly rate is but you know this is what it looks like long term if you stay with us um you know equity wise and so on you can also do like a split deal so i do a lot of split deals where it's part hourly rate which lets me get a really good deal and then it's part equity and so you know you feel like you're building this company the company is is also yours but i also i'm not paying like the market rate for your time like i, I yeah, there's no way in the world I could afford our CTO, like none. He's he's a veteran CTO. He's worked at a company. He's built machine learning and AI products before. He's been a founder, like there's no way. Yeah. But I think having really candid conversations and talking about the vision of the company and the potential to have an impact really helps people feel like they're not wasting their time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Can you give me one sec? I'm just going to grab my chart. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I was terrified that was going to happen. Do I need to charge this phone?
0: Maybe. Let me
1: see. Tab 52 All right. Here we go. All
0: right. Was not expecting my computer to die that quick, but. No,
1: you're right. All right. but
0: but i think that's really i think that's really great feedback um yeah because like i'm kind of going through something similar as well too where like uh again i think it's important to have like you said a strong technical person right but not only just that um i understand now the importance of like the code base and keeping it clean, yeah. like not having too many people involved in it, because then that could yeah. be your product. It's just, it could send you the whole. So, like what you were saying, like if you <laughs> have that person who knows what they're doing, they know the company as well, and you trust their them and their work, and they have that many years yeah. of experience, I think giving them that incentive or letting them know that they mean more to you and to the team and to yeah. the company than just being a freelancer or a contract worker, uh, yeah. I think that's really great advice, especially if you're able to work it into like a better rate per hour or two. Um, that's incredible. That's incredible advice right there. Um, yeah. So 2020. Yeah. 2020.
1: 20. 2020. Man, kick this year out.
0: I know. Let's just
1: get over it. Let's I know, just go.
0: I know right? Because it's, it's already hard enough. It's already hard enough socially, or been challenging enough socially and <laughs> from, from a work perspective. But from an entrepreneur and small business perspective, 2020 has <laughs> been. And it, st- it still is very, very challenging and interesting. Um, so has Gabba noticed or been affected by COVID-19, 2020 in any way or had to adjust in any way what you were
1: doing? What I was thinking about when I was like, who starts a company in a pandemic? I, <laughs> hey. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is there ever a good time to start a company, though? You know, it's like, no, no, hey.
1: <laughs> so, do you realize how, so maybe it's not just like my, my incredible optimism, but it did not occur to me until it had been maybe a couple weeks ago or a month ago. And I was talking, I I was talking to you, and they were like, well, you're in the middle of a pandemic and you started a company. And it was only then that I was like.
0: No, that's hmm. true. That's a good point. <laughs> Never thought about it like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I thought it. Um, because okay, it's cool. You're right, you're right. Um, okay, so twenty twenty. Okay. So first of all, GABA started off um a B2C product. And uh, I don't know, like for folks that I am assuming that's like a thing. Okay, so it started off B2C. Um and we quickly was trying we're trying to shift into B2B. So that's why we reached out to Morehouse School of Medicine. We're so grateful for their partnership um, in helping us fundraise and raise capital. We realized like it is cost; it will cost us a lot to do this one student at a time, knocking on doors. We really need to align ourselves with these schools. COVID happened, and it was like, what? The schools had totally different initiatives. I mean, they're yeah. furloughing their staff. Yeah. They're like, I like, so us walking yeah. up to them like, hey, we got this new tech product you want to try? <laughs> they're like, no. No. <laughs> I was saying it is stop calling me. I'm looking back. I thought you were really nice, Karen, but now you're mean to me, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really it it really took us back a little bit. So we were like, Well, we gotta keep food on the table and we gotta keep the doors open, so then now what do we do? So that actually pushed us to fundraise earlier. We raised forty seven thousand dollars to just like Angel investors, pitch competitions, grants—I mean, we did what uh, we, whatever we could, to keep the doors open while we got through the hurdle. Um, so naturally, we're still talking to schools, still building those relationships, but it, it definitely shifted the priority. Like schools are just—I mean, they're already budget-strapped, you know, entities. So for for something like this to happen, it was like, oh no, right. um, we can't, we right. can't. Um, so that happened. But it ha- but it also had a, a good effect. Um uh, so a lot of companies are going out of business. I you know, rest in peace to all my startup founders out there who are like shutting down shop and businesses who are like, I can't anymore. I I you know, I know that's hard. That's a hard decision. I've had to make that decision. Um, but the talent that they leave behind has to go somewhere. And so that's how we honestly scraped up talent as we went. We picked up Great, like CTOs, and we picked up great designers, and we picked up people who understand the mechanics of the startup environment, who still are loving the adrenaline rush of trying to build something great. Their current venture, sunk or you know, may not be a thing anymore. And so they're like, What's next? And that allowed me to be like, God, what's next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let that's, me tell you, no, let me tell you why. That's part <laughs> of it because
0: that, that was going to be that was going to be like one of my my next questions. So maybe that could be part of it, but it was going to be like, So what what was like one, um, I guess pro and con of of this whole transition. So like one of them, it it sounds like, was that you were able to scoop up a lot of talent that was just on the market now and things like that. Um, so, and then obviously we touched on some of the cons, um, being like the schools changing their focus and things like that. But, um, is there anything else that you would say like, like pros and cons in terms of like this new hybrid environment and and things like that for startup? Yeah.
1: So pro in that, um, you know, we got to do a whole bunch of pitch competitions that we ordinarily wouldn't have been able to participate in if I had to right. the fly they from Tiller. Exactly, so, exactly. yeah, I, I'm a fourth-year medical student. Like, there's nothing I can change about that. But I was able to see patients in the morning and like take a lunch break and do an investor pitch real quick <laughs> exactly. yep, yep. and do it all. Um. So like this whole like virtual thing allowed me to, to do that. I would also say from a press standpoint, like gabba has got a ton of press. I i attribute that to the story that we create around GABA. um uh, it might also be my weird background that makes people interested, interested but um because people are held passive at their desk and they're looking at these news outlets it's not just like scrolling past their brain it's like it's been a it's been a snowball you get an article here and then somebody picks it up and sees it and they're like hey can i do an article with you for this or can i so it's been great like one of our interns was like, how exactly do we get so much press? I was like, honestly, it's just. Seriously, that's, that's something
0: that, well, for real, I think that's something you've done really well. Like, has been the whole PR, the whole PR side has been incredible for Gabby. I didn't even. Yeah. I did so much so, that, like, I didn't even know y'all were only six months old. Honestly. Like, until this conversation, yeah, yeah I didn't even really know
1: that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Because you would you wouldn't think that just by like again the the credence that you get the company gets from the that type of press and the, yeah yeah articles
1: yeah 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 it can also be very like imposter syndrome though like you get this press you like all right <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you know <laughs> what hey it. it is it is hey better to have it not to have it you know what I mean it's like honestly. It, and in real life, people say fake it till you make it or whatever the case is. It's not the same concept, but hey, it's yep. like if they're willing to give you the press, take it. It's like it works. And-
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly,
0: exactly. So if you could go back to to day one, right, and you could tell Candace okay. that, that the very day you started Gabba, um, to prepare yourself some advice, what would you what would you say back mm-hmm. then?
1: Um, probably what I tell my tell myself every day. It's like take it one step at a time. Um so I feel like, as founder, you're a visionary. You see your company and you see it being that multi-billion dollar enterprise that's like crushing it. You know, you see the I don't want to say tech crunch, because I actually don't care about that. But you see the articles and the press and all that stuff around your company. And the reality is, it's a lot. To get to that point, it's a bunch of tiny, tiny, tiny steps. And so... You know, it's not about getting to the $10 million goalposts. It's about getting to the $1. Like, whatever you need to do to get to $1, one sale, whatever that is for you, then that's what you need to do. And you just need to do it 10 million times. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think I am, like, one of my faults, like, blogs slash is my job, is that I'm eternally optimistic. In my mind, we're going to launch a campaign. 20,000 people gonna see it. and people gonna don't don't sign up. <laughs> the startup environment will tell you real quick, nah, that ain't how it works. Oh, that's not how this works.
0: Nothing wrong with having that optimism though because it's like you need it, right? right? Like we right. need to beat up so much by just the startup world in general and just the whole entrepreneur yeah. environment roller coasters every day. It's like that is yeah. what keeps you going. That type of optimism yeah. is the motivation that you need, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you so so one i would say take it one step at a time like don't see yourself for me like okay yeah gabba has some revenue projections out there for the 12 month, but it, and then i have you know my six month goals and all that stuff but honestly i'm broken it down to like what are my goals for today like what what's my minimal baseline you know what is the minimal thing that i need to accomplish today to for to get GABA to the next step tomorrow Um, And I actually share that with my team every morning. They get a a Slack update channel with, hey, y'all, this is what I'm working on today. Boom, 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 boom. Here are my strategic priorities. Boom, boom, boom. Have a good day. Let's crush this, you know? And so it's about taking it one step at a time. I think that will help you not get so discouraged when things don't, you know, fly off the gate the way you're thinking. And then the other thing I would say is, um, Dang, I just like had it in my mind. And what what was it? Oh. Um, your don't tie your personal value to your product. Like at all. Like, don't. Um, I remember when we first started advertising, I was super excited about Gabba. And I got to someplace like in around 30 the 30 day mark after hearing all those no's and like, you know, we're answering all these hard questions and like talking about, and it's harder with GABA because I'm not only having to explain my business, but I'm having to educate the investor on the other side about what it is to even be a medical student. So it's like, there's a lot of back back reading that had to have been done before we could even, it's like, I'm creating the foundation and mm-hmm. telling them about the business. So I had to learn how to get that really succinct so that they could understand what we're doing, understand the problem, understand the solution, and then we can get to the, the meat and potatoes of what they want to talk about. Um, but I can remember... Around the thirty-day mark, I don't even know how many investor pitches I had been in at that point. It had to have been, I it was ridiculous. And you, thirty days, we starting. had no
0: thirty days from starting i from
1: starting.
0: Wow. From,
1: well, no, no, from starting investing. Like the exactly. we started fundraising in September, mm-hmm. um, and I want to say around October, I was like, all right, I'm done, mm-hmm. I'm done, I'm burnt. I just remember coming to my team and being like, y'all. We, I'm getting my ass handed to me out here. And it's not because we're not great. It's not because we're not doing the right thing. It's not because we don't have the number. It's just some combination of things that I can't even predict. So, but I think the reason why I got burned out was because it started to feel like people were saying no to me personally. You know what I mean? Like they were questioning my personal competency. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't believe I can do this? Like yeah. I got this. Like I built this company from nothing in January. Like I, I started getting like the fifth. Like, the fifth fourth,
0: fourth, fourth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, All of them.
1: Like, you know, I felt like Erica Bond. <laughs> <Like, what? laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. A minute. Uh, I had to really step back and be like, that's these people's job. Just like it's your job to get out here and talk about GABA. It is these folks' job to ask you the hard questions, to push you, to challenge you. And you know what? It's your job as a CEO and the founder to figure out how to take that push and turn it into opportunity. It's not about you. It's not a personal thing. It's it's a it's a them thing. If you gotta make it about them, it's a them thing. For some time, I was like, VCs are stupid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but whatever you need to do, but like, don't personalize it because you have to understand like your product may change. You're not building just a product. You're building a company. That's my my third advice. So yeah, I'm trying to keep things in order. My third advice would be. Um, You know, realize that you're building a company, not a product. And because there are some things you need to do when you're building a company that are totally different, different. from when you're building a product. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's I, yeah. I didn't play games about my team. I don't play games about company culture. I don't play games about organization and documentation. Not because they benefit GABA as a product, but because they'll benefit us as a company. Um, and so I was really picky about a lot of different stuff that probably didn't make a whole lot of stuff. The agenda needs to be done before the meeting and it needs to be, you know, signed still to deliver it after the meeting. Like I, it has to be, these are my, this is my record of what has happened of GABA's growth. Um, it doesn't make any sense when you think about the product, like you don't need minutes and agendas to build a product. You can build a great product and not have any documentation, but it is for a company. So I would say, you know, looking back, um, advice I would have told myself is, well, I guess I kind of did it, but be mindful of the fact that you're building a, a a company, not a product. Someone else told that to me at the time, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then when I actually got in the, in the grind of building GABA, I was like, oh, okay I see what they're saying. Like this isn't, there's a lot about GABA that doesn't even translate into the, into the dev environment. um But it's important. Like people need their paychecks on time. That's payroll, QuickBooks. So. So, yeah. um, Yeah.
0: yeah. Those are those are great. Those are great. Um, And then I think that while you were talking, I kind of had a a little personal productivity question. Yeah. They kind of snuck in there. Um, So when it comes to like setting up your your day to day. Right. So you send this like message out to your team and everything like that, which I think is great just to let them know kind of like that you are focused or what you're focusing on and things like that. So it doesn't feel like things are kind of just ad hoc but how do you yeah. go about but how do you go about um structuring that right when as a ceo sometimes like it, it's tough like there's a million things you need to do and then prioritizing it every yeah. single day it's like what I'm going to do so like do you like how some people might meal prep on sunday like do you know your entire agenda for the week on sunday and then you just send that message out every single day or is it like at the end of every night oh. you take time to think about what do i need to do from for the very next day and just like yeah. how do you that
1: go about that, that piece that piece at the end of the night i have to sit down and reflect because it's inevitable something didn't get done or i don't know a meeting went really really great and somebody was like oh let me get you online with this person at three you have another hour block i'm like sure and then they're like oh can you send a this and this and about gaba that wasn't on my to-do list thanks i had on my to-do list to sir. interview you for 30 minutes yeah. and you didn't oh yeah. i yeah. of my day
0: That's a good point. So things come into like new things popping up throughout the day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When the media people, Oh, can we do this interview? That's not on my schedule. I have to make time for them. You know, I have to make time for social media responses now, like building a community on social media. I have to respond to people, like people, engage with people that are engaging with Gabbard content. I have to post myself. None of that is on my schedule most of the time. Um, So at the end of the day, I have to reflect on, okay, what didn't get done what needs to be done tomorrow? But all day long, I'm prioritizing. I'm like, I'm looking at my to-do list. And when you look in our Slack in the beginning, it's just what I'm doing. Throughout the day, you'll see done, in progress. Little, like, you'll see me having really? updated it with what I'm planning use oh, wow. And who it as my task list? Oh, wow. So my team knows, like, all right, this is done. No, nah, she's waiting right. on this. Okay, this. I'll ping someone. Hey, this is in progress. So I'm waiting on you. And they're like, okay, I'm on it. I got it. Um, ClickUp, we use ClickUp for a lot of stuff. ClickUp will ping so and so did this. Okay, great, I know. And usually my team we communicate a lot through Discord and stuff like that. So I'll see him in ClickUp like so and so just knocked this off the task list, and then Discord will start ringing, and I'm like, hello, and they're like, just call them to let you know I just shipped the thing. Like I died and I saw it in ClickUp. I'm on it. I'm moving. Um, so no, I don't plan the whole. The whole shebang. And like, of course, you being a developer, you know that when you plan a dev timeline, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You get in there and you're like, Oh, a me. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. So um that changes. So like we do two things. I do my daily update. My daily updates are based on the six month goals. So GABA has six months, twelve month, and eighteen month goals. Got it. The six month goals are probably the clearest to me. The twelve month okay. goals, honestly, they depend on the six months. See of we course. get there.
0: That's great. some something. I think that's great. I, I think that's great to have objectives yeah. like that yeah. at the year, and then I, and then too, six months in a year is good too because quarter, like to me, if I think about quarterly goals, that feels like a lot of pressure, right? Because like it just things happen yeah. so yeah. quick, especially when. You Either work a day job or like or you're in medical school, right? You got like yeah. so much other stuff going on. It's like that quarter goes by very quick with exams and studies. So, like, I think six I months know. and one year goals are, I think that's really great advice too, because it yeah. helps keep yeah. things in perspective and you, it keeps you intentional about like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And like, why do
1: you yeah, yeah, How yeah, my my yeah. So, that's really great yeah. so mm-hmm. create a six month plan, do smart goals for literally be specific, measurable. Is it at, you know, all of them, the smart acronyms for how you're going to get those six month goals. And then I take those six month goals and I say, okay, if I'm going to accomplish this in six months, what do I need to accomplish in a month? Each month, what do I need to do? Okay. What are the specific steps that need, that will lead up into me meeting those monthly goals? Keeping in mind, I'm going to have good days and bad days. Um. Okay. Well, I need to have 280 site visitors are landing page between this this time frame and this time frame. Okay, what are the specific actions that I can take to make that happen? Well, I could do social media blast. I could do interviews. Uh, I do. I could reach out to media. Um, I could talk to our users. I can build out an ambassador program. And so then I'm like, okay, so how do I do that? Well, I need to reach out to a certain number of influencers every day. I need to and, um, send a certain number of emails every day. And so You Then then you can see, on a day-to-day basis, this is what I, at minimum, need to do to be able to feed into my goal for the month, which will then feed into my goals for three months, which will feed into my goals for the six months. Um, And so I build my tackles based on that. Now, it may change. You know, I take every Wednesday, I call it Wellness Wednesday, I encourage my team to take off and just reflect. So actually, on Wednesdays, I do very little work. I go to the trail, I think about the week um, lament the setbacks (laughs) of the, of the month if necessary. Um, and yeah, but I, I create the path list. the only thing that is consistently deployed on like a regular basis is our product roadmap that comes out on Sunday evening or Monday morning. And it is a notion file that basically says, this is what we shipped last week. This is what we're shipping this week. This is what's coming up next, and it's just for the company to get an overall view of what's going on from a product level. Um, but that's the only thing that is consistently shipped out aside from my daily update. Got it. So, there's, so
0: there's constantly like the updates on the tech side going out to the team. So you guys are always yeah. evolving the platform pretty much, by, at all yeah, while
1: you're doing the
0: business side
1: too. So, yeah, that's, yeah,
0: that's awesome. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, I would love to get my company to that point too. Um, it seems like, like
1: right now, you will, like the
0: next steps yeah, because like. Cause that's so important to be able to for you to be able to go focus on what you guys need to be building, but then also the yeah. building is happening at the same time too. So those two yeah. things, yeah, being synced up is super important. I think that's that's yeah. that's mad valuable. Um, and I guess sneak. One more in there. Um,
1: yeah, of course. So you
0: mentioned you mentioned like reaching out to PR. Um, so is that like? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like how did so yeah. So when you go about the storytelling, it's almost like um. I've heard you talk a lot about the storytelling of Gabba and that mm-hmm. seems like it's been a really important piece, right? So like when you yeah. go to convey that story, like how do you go about approaching those people to get like that that PR, that press? Like how are you, are you saying that, hey, like we are you just letting them know like we're this new med company and we just want to let you guys know what we're doing? Like we're just, uh, we're on the market or we're doing this. Like how do you go about getting that? Because it, it works. yeah. Whatever you're doing definitely works. So like how, did, yeah. uh, how do you go about initiating those conversations and getting the story out there about Gabba?
1: Um, so first things first, you draft up a press release. And so you want to hit the highlight. Don't, I think our press release is super, it's super short. It's like maybe two, maybe 300 words or something. It's super okay. short. Okay. Um, and it hits the highlights. It's like, um, you know, it talks about what GABA is. The, my background tends to be a, a, an interesting point of peak for people, um, what the company does, where we are at the company, um, a, just a little bit of a background and just like our vision and like the website. Got it. And honestly, just the same way as you cold call investors and, and email customers, you do the same thing with PR folks. You go on their, on their websites, you get their emails, you just, you blast, send them, Hey, got it. this is what, yeah. just keep in mind, they don't have a lot of time. So keep right. it short. It's right. a nugget. You want it to be Interesting. The other thing i would say is like align yourself with different build your network my primary job as a ceo is to build my network gabba can only reach as far as i reach so i would love to be able to say like oh all this pr and stuff that i did on my own was the reason why we got this stuff it absolutely wasn't like actually i think we sent out 35 emails we did this a long time ago it was like it was when Gamble was like three months old. So go, go to show you how audacious I was to be telling, to, to, to come write an article about a company that's three months old. I would say, don't think small, think big. So do big stuff now. Like, cause I, at the time I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can really, but then I was like, you know what? They don't know. No, thing.
0: they don't. They don't.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so think big, give yourself permission to be big. Um, so. We, in, we emailed 35 different news outlets in Atlanta and in, you know, different parts of the country, like Diversity Magazine, Women's Magazine, things like that, that will, like, stick to your point, veteran stuff. And I think of those two people reached back and said, yeah, we would love to pick up your story. And that's just, that's just the reality. Like, they got a lot of stuff coming up. how it goes. They got a lot of stuff going on. Right. Yeah, Yeah. You're, you're not the only thing. It take, again, don't take it personally, but... Um, the thing I think was most powerful in terms of, um, aligning, getting more press was organization and building my network. So, um, Gabba graduated from an accelerator program. You do a demo day. That's a very public thing. And people inevitably will Google you or look at your stuff from demo days. And so make sure your digital presence is tight. Make sure you have a narrative around yourself. You know, I have a, a website of my own. That people it's can go and amazing, click and see. Right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it needs a facelift. Um, uh, because I have to link Gaba to me because I get more traffic than Gaba right now. So, mm-hmm. um, but but needless to say, keep your get your story, your story together because Perfect. at the end of the day, they're looking for you. They they yeah, you built this company and they're excited about it, but they want to know this cool story. Who is this? You know, black female veteran doctor businesswoman. Yeah, what like they that. want to know?
0: That's a good. Yeah. That's something they that, could. Yeah. I don't like. I don't have that. And usually, like, unless you have a really common name, I think like grabbing your name as a domain is usually fairly to do. And I yeah, that's something that I've always wanted to do. Right, like I like I, th- I love personal branded websites. Like they look they look amazing. But I always yeah, like, I always felt like there had to be I had to be like some sort of speaker looking to be like booked or like. I don't know, a freelancer looking to have my service before I had like a personal branded website. But I think for what you're saying, just like the digital identity and just like the whole just look of it, it just looks very like you take your
1: personal yeah. image, image very
0: seriously. And, and that goes along yeah. like when people are doing research. I, I yeah. love that feedback. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm Give yourself permission mind. to be big. Give yeah, me yourself like, a, I built that site. Well, I think I built the first version of that site when I was an undergrad. Like at some point, it was like that. It was like red. It was hot red. At some point. <laughs> 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 it was hot red.
0: Making a statement. Making a I statement.
1: <laughs> you know? So I was like, yeah, I know. Looking back. Ooh. Um, and so, yeah. So create your own. Clean your presence up. Because what they're going to do is they're going to hear about you from this, this event. They're going to Google you. They're going to get inspired by your story. Then they're going to reach out. And then they write a story, and then it's inevitable that somebody's going to read their stuff and be like, all these news outlets, they read each other's stuff. Mm -hmm. They all read each other's stuff, and they talk to each other. Some of them probably do freelance for other people while they work in other companies. So they read the story, and they're like, whoa, okay, this is a cool story. Let me get my company's version of that. And so then they go and they do the same thing. They Google you, and they're like, oh, okay, and they reach back out again. And so it ends up being something that feeds itself. Like, I I have not done any active PR around that. It's been a machine like this. It's been organic connections with people, like you know, you and I, just having a conversation and then find out, like, oh, by the way, yeah. I have this blog about yeah. technology awesome. that gets like a like hundred thousand readers, and I'm that's like, awesome. oh. and they're like, yeah. you want to be on it?
0: Yeah, let's like, do something. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's great. So
1: build your network. Get out there. Build your network. Own your brand, and I mean, because you are the company at Go this part. point. You don't know, have nothing else but you. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. So
0: we are we are right at the hour mark and I feel like you gave so many gems in one hour. Like I, I already felt like that was going to happen, but no doubt. Like this was <laughs> this was incredible. We definitely have to do this again cuz I think you got so much yeah. to just share um and I think this is just incredible. I think people are going to get a lot out of this. Um so I want to give you a chance now to give out any shout outs. I'm going to go ahead and put up on the screen um the gogabba.co and I'll let you go ahead with any shout outs yeah. and next steps you want people to go uh follow up with you after this.
1: Yeah. If you love this conversation, I would love to hear from you. You can absolutely connect with me. Uh, it's candace.blackmall at gogaba.co, but definitely follow us on social. It's at gogaba.co on like Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, especially if you're a medical student or you know someone interested in the medical field, getting contact with us. We have some awesome deals going right now. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I look forward to connecting.